thank you for tuning in today to UK Hospitality's podcast. I'm sat with Tony and Jim from the Policy and Commerce team. And today we're going to discuss a specific area of concern to a number of hospitality businesses, and that's MPLC. I'll come to you first, Jim, because I know you've been working closely on this. So can you go through quickly just what MPLC is? Absolutely. Thanks, Penilla. So um, MPLC, which is the motion picture licensing company, is a licensing body representing some film studios and some TV production companies. It's important to note that this is a body that is able to collect copyright on behalf of those rights holders it represents. However, it is constituted differently to the music collection bodies that we're more familiar with, such as PPL and PRS. MPLC, it's based in the USA and has an international reach uh, and has a UK arm. In previous years, it's been mainly limited to collecting copyright for DVD, Blu-ray presentations uh, in various business and public sector organisations. So, for example, individual films shown at things like schools or orgs or the latter. However, in more recent years, following a copyright change in uh, UK copyright law that we'll come to talk about, it has sort of expanded its reach in terms of rights it's seeking to collect on behalf of its copyright holders. NPRC is unlike PPR and PRS in the sense that the latter are constituted as a collection management organisation. So in essence, representing the vast majority of copyright owners of music and recordings for those bodies and with an established system in place in terms of codes of practice and ways of negotiation tariffs that have been in place for a number of years that UK hospitality and other bodies um, across all different sectors uh, engage with around those music tariffs. Something to note is MPLC, we believe, represents the licenses of only some copyright owners of programmes and films broadcasts uh, on television. So in essence, not blanket coverage. And again, we'll come on to it. But again, that's a question around exactly which rights holders are being represented here. Uh, and again, which sort of rights are seeking to be claimed for by MPLC. In terms of the change in copyright law that sort of sparked this sort of latest approach by MPLC comes from back in 2015 when changes were made to UK copyright law as a result of a court case involving televised football broadcast. But basically, to cut a long story short, that basically established that UK copyright law at the time was incompatible with EU law and therefore had to be amended to bring the two into parity. In short, the changes enable copyright on film in a public broadcast. And by film here, this relates to TV programmes, motion pictures, audiovisual content, not just cinema films, if you like. And, And in short, allowed this to be collected much more clearly and easily than before the amendment in the views of those rights holders for TV and film copyrights. At the time, ourselves and other bodies did raise the risk to the IPO of this change, opening the door, if you like, to uh, rights holders with claims to sort of TV broadcast rights, being able to sort of claim on all different aspects of TV performance for um, all different types of businesses, offices, gyms, whatever. And we sort of predicted a number of bodies potentially being able to come out of the woodwork here and and charge businesses for various different licenses. Uh, And in essence, that's what we've seen happening a few years down the line. Is it just MPLC or are there others that are going to come out the woodwork, so to speak? Well, I think MPLC are obviously the ones at the moment uh, seeking to charge this. We're not aware of any others at the moment, although, as I say, the the issue here is that that ambiguity in the copyright law change opens the door to potentially other rights holders of other studios or film production companies or even actors and others um, who have a, a copyright stake in TV and film productions 
being able to potentially do this. And I think that's one of the areas we're working on at the moment with the intellectual property office is to try and get some sense of the situation. Because in essence, what we don't want is a sort of Wild West scenario where businesses are potentially having to pay for multiple licenses and and, uh, people seeking copyright claims for one TV in a in a hotel bedroom or wherever it might be. And I think ideally where we'd like the situation to be would be that in a similar way to music, for example, there is in essence sort of one license that would cover your copyright if indeed you were showing it uh, payment for audiovisual rights with a you know clear sort of transparency of exactly what you're paying for, a clearly negotiated and fair tariff attached to that. So there's only one point of payment and you and you know what you're paying for and whether you have to pay it or not in short. Whereas at the moment, the lack of clarity in the law and uh, sort of guidance around it potentially allows for multiple bodies to come forward to, to seek copyright on that. So in terms of the sort of the long term challenge, medium to long term challenge, I guess it's it's getting that you know system in place to avoid that potential pitfall for businesses. And also just fairness and clarity and exactly how copyright law works in this area, whereas at the moment it is a bit of a grey area. Isn't that the crux of this, though, Jim, and some of the stuff that we'll come on to is the fact that this is sort of, in layman's terms, untested legislation, isn't it? We don't, you know, there's no sort of precedent in there. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Tony. I think that's that's the key point here is there is this change, even though it was 2015, in copyright law terms, which sort of, you know, things change and, um, you know, uh, cases arise over the period of many, many years. So, for example, in the music copyright stuff, you know, looking at cases that were established back 20, 30 years ago, in terms of this, this is relatively sort of brand new in terms of um, this th- these rights um, in, in UK uh, sort of circumstances. And as you rightly say, there is no sort of um, in our view, um, sort of precedent for this um, this particular right that uh, MPLC are, are seeking to claim on uh, in relation to letting bedrooms. And, and the other thing, I suppose, is the fact that with, with some of the more established copyright laws, um, they were they were made in very different times from now, aren't they? But um, actually, the way that we consume audiovisual and music, actually, but in particular, the boom in how we consume audiovisual is so different now, isn't it? Because everybody's got an iPad or you know, some sort of tablet or device, you go to a hotel, will you just as likely to turn on your computer and watch something on there than you are on the television? And so it becomes very blurred about what falls in and out of scope if you're you know, if you're not really genned up on this sort of stuff. So I think that's a good point, as you say, Tony, that things are, are sort of fast moving in, in this world and there's, you know, potentially all different ways that people can view media and businesses can sort of display media. And I think this um, focuses down on what sort of the the issue du jour, if you like, that we're dealing with at the moment, specifically that, that sort of members and, and wider businesses, um, as I say, it's not just hospitality, it's um, other types of business as well that are sort of grappling with this. And I think in the hospitality sector in particular, MPLC are seeking payment on a tariff uh, related to content broadcast in letting bedrooms, hotel bedrooms, uh, if you like, but then also uh, seeking that for things like B&Bs and, and other types of places. Now, this revolves around MPLC seeking to claim on behalf of those businesses, uh, production companies and so on that uh, that may or may not have content that is being broadcast through uh, letting bedrooms. And again, that transparency around exactly who is being represented here and which rights are actually being broadcast to the public is, again, a, a questionable one. 
But in essence, NPRC are looking to sort of basing their claim on Section 19 of the, the Copyright Act uh, 1988. This is concerning uh, a performance of a copyrighted work in public. And for their purposes, they are defining a hotel bedroom as being a public place and therefore showing content from their their bodies, if you like, that they represent that this, this would be a performance of the work in public. And they point to uh, PPO and PRS claiming music copyright in this sphere, i.e. for in hotel bedrooms. However, there, there's, a, there's a quite a subtle but key difference is that that's on a, on a slightly different right, which is Section 20, which is around communication to the public, where there are some precedents around it. But again, I think it just shows that, you know, there's a lack of actual clarity here on exactly what is being claimed for and in what situation. So there's that particular point there around is a television in a hotel bedroom a performance of copyrighted work in public or is it not and again there's no precedent there, legal precedent that we're we're aware of and again we've not been you know provided that to our satisfaction that is the case with NPLC but I guess the issue here is that's not to say it may not be it's just at the moment there is no this sort of concrete proof if you like in our in our view which sort of influences our thinking in this area. It's, it's quite important, isn't it, Jim, to, to sort of set out some some of the basics here, because I think that any listeners or venues that are contacted by NPLC are likely to be contacted for one or two of two reasons. Uh, one is whether they're playing quite clearly to the public. So if you're in a bar or something and you're, uh, you know, you have a television on and, and, and there's um, content that may come up on the television that would fall under the scope of, of NPLC's um, customers, as it were then that's much more cut and dry, isn't it? Whereas the uncertainties are pretty much just exactly where you, you place them there in, in what you would call a, a hotel room, you know, a, a, a private space that, or what I would consider to be a private space because you're alone or, you know, with a partner or whatever in a hotel room rather than in a bar or an open sort of lobby or reception or something like that. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Tony. And it's, it's sort of hinging around that definition, but also the means to which that is sort of performed within that public or private space is, again, one where there is a lack of clarity about. So is it a communication or is it a performance as well? So so that's what it boils down to exactly for the, on, on that letting bedroom tariff. So I think in terms of the background of UK hospitality's involvement with this, as Tony said, uh, we had a number of discussions with them back in probably 2017, 2018 around that where they were seeking to claim on uh, the public spaces, so like in a lobby or in a hotel or in, in a public bar, in a, in a pub or restaurant. And again, we had a number of conversations then again about exactly what was being claimed for here. And again, we've limited the scope of that to what we felt was was right there in terms of live sport and, and other elements being excluded from that. But with this most recent approach around the letting bedrooms, a number of discussions in, in 2019, which resulted in UKH and other trade bodies involved being unable to conclude that what was being claimed for here had a conclusive basis to it. And that's not to say they don't have that, but because of the lack of precedent, it wasn't clear either way. And certainly we weren't convinced of that, right? So hence we weren't at that time willing to sign off NPLC's definitive right to collect in the manner that they are seeking to collect on because in our view there remained too much uncertainty around what the legal principles were around this. So are we still disputing that then? We still have doubts over over the efficacy if you like of the legislative position I think is, is the right way of putting it and I think it's important what Jim's just said that we lay that out actually because without any um, accusation or anything like that but I think that sometimes 
the wording that has been used in communications from MPLC with venues has, has sometimes been interpretable as uh, as, as uh, meaning that uh, you know conveying that uh, UK hospitality you know do accept that uh, the the legal position, whereas you know we, we we certainly are not in a position to say that it's wrong or that it's you know that it, there's no legal basis there, but we as Jim says it's pretty much untested. If you're a business then and you get one of these letters, what are you meant to do? Well, as UK hospitality, we've updated our briefing note on this subject, which sets out some of the the history and background and some of those legal points that we talked about at the top of the call here. I mean, at the moment, the position is ultimately is down to the business to determine whether to actually accept that they are showing copyrighted content and convinced of that by MPLC. And that's sort of where where it sits at the moment. But certainly, as I say, the information that we put forward there in that briefing notes sets out the, the debate so far on this front. And yeah, I appreciate it is a it is such a complex area of copyright law without any sort of hard and fast precedents to rely on at the moment. And that's that's part of the issue here. And as such, it's sort of setting out the information as we as we see it as clearly as possible to to members to sort of make their own decision on the subject at the moment. But um it's one where, you know, we keep our legal options open. Um, and as I say, that continued dialogue with the intellectual property office around this subject to the medium to longer term to sort of put a bit of a, um, a framework around these sorts of copyright claim, because it's it is, in our view, unclear and uncertain and it is for businesses. And again, it makes people question copyright law in general, and it needs, in our view, to be made much more transparent and have a robust system around it, as we do for the uh, the music tariffs that people currently pay. So if you're a business and you're a little bit confused about what's going on, head to the portal if you're a member and you can pick up that briefing, have a read through that, and that should give you a little bit more information about exactly what MPLC is and, and what's going on in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So clearly an ongoing issue that UK Hospitality is discussing and having further conversations with MPLC on. Is there any kind of last points that's worth noting for, for businesses? Keep watching this space, I think. Um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously, uh, when there is any progress or, or, or anything, you know, any more light shed on any of these nuances, then we'll certainly be um, posting them up on the website and letting members know. Thank you very much, both of you, for uh, providing a little bit of an update on what MPLC is and what that means for the businesses. Um, as a reminder, obviously, we just spoke about it, but that briefing is available on the members portal. So just log into to the portal and it'll be on the latest information section. And if you do have any questions, then please do let the team know. You can email us on membership at ukhospitality.org.uk. Thank you again both for your time. <laughs>